Good afternoon from Manila. Actually, Tagwig. <laughs> BGC. Prettiest place in... No, 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 no. No, I take it back. <clears throat> it's not the prettiest place. It's the cleanest place in the Philippines. But it has some real problems. <laughs> I'll maybe go into them later. Much later. Because I don't want to rant right now. Okay, this is the episode or volume number six. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been out of Thailand for a year. I can't remember how to count all the numbers in Thai. Holy crap. Well, it's funny how quickly that goes away. When I was there, I was forgetting English. I was starting to have to stop and think about, let's see, how how do I say this in English? And um, now it's the other way around. So what the hell? That's, that's what happens to tiny brains. What What's the deal with these people who know seven languages? You know, what? How, they got to speak them pretty much every day, right? Every one of them, every day. That's going to be hard. Okay, these are the uh, episode six of the Southeast Asia <clears throat> Chronicles podcasts. Okay. Um, all of these are turning out to be long. I thought they'd be normal, like the alienanalprobe.com podcasts or the theyclaim.com podcast. Some of those are long, not too many. These are long, and I don't know why. It's just an awful lot of material to cover, I guess. Okay, the purpose of these is to help you, assuming you is someone in a probably a Western country, not necessarily, but probably some Western country, um, to help you decide whether or not you want to bail out of the matrix. Well, I mean, it's almost guaranteed you do. Um, I think there's only three people in America who don't want to bail out of the matrix because they created it. You know, it's Gates and Fuckerberg and uh, Musk. <laughs> That's it. Everybody else wants that. Uh, probably Hyden Biden. I don't know. He, he probably likes it there. Good ice cream. Let's not go there. Because I'll be renting pretty soon. <laughs> um, he sure gets a bad rap, you know. He deserves the lion's share of it. But I see a lot of stuff on the news where they're just bashing him, bashing him, like in the side of the head with a cast iron frying pan, just bashing him, bashing him. And quite a few instances, he doesn't really deserve it. <laughs> Sorry, he, he deserves all kinds of other shit. But a lot of times, what the media is poking at him, he does not deserve. So, I mean, I, whatever. Both sides suck. Okay. I'm an equal opportunity basher. Okay. So, in the last one, I don't have, no, I do, I do have notes from leftover from the, from yesterday's podcast, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to tell you that in the alien, podcasts, you got my jokes and weird sense of humor and stuff like that. And these aren't very joking. These are pretty much straightforward, just material. Um, but I'm putting my heart and soul into these things to try to help you because I know, I know the situation that an awful lot of you guys are in. I know it. I know it intimately. I've been there. God, I would have. Okay, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. And this, this was, this has to do with money. But 
um, it's an indicator of how dissatisfied people can get, can be with their lot in the U.S. <clears throat> when I was young, pretty young, I worked in a sawmill. Uh, well, I worked in lots of them. I actually owned two of them. Um, I did a particular job in the sawmill where you were, how can I describe it? But one of the jobs I did was a was a, a shingle sawyer. Okay, you're standing 18 inches from a circular blade. You know, you got a little one in your garage, a little black and decker. You got one of those. It's an eight inch or something like that. Uh, these were about 36 inch. Let's see, 30, maybe more than that, maybe 40, 45 inch circular saw blades, <clears throat> and they were on uh, you know like a two horsepower electric motor, uh, enough to drive your car. And they were honking, bastard, killing deadly, God, horrible things. And we were paid on production, not by the hour, we were paid on production. And so we had to move fast, fast as we could to make a living. And we had to take little boards, <clears throat> they were shingles, they'd been cut to a point and we had to trim them. And <clears throat> these big saw blades were open all across the top. They're just standing there next to them. And you take one of these boards, you pick it up in one hand, and you kind of sort of look over there, not really, because you're, you're moving so fast, you don't really have time to look. You know where you want to make the cut. And you just take that board and you drop it down over the top of, of the saw blade. And it's spinning at 50 billion RPM, you know. Um, you could take a two by four if you wanted to. I mean, we weren't cutting two by fours, but this is, I'm trying to give you an idea of the power. You could take a two by four and make that same cut by hand. Just, just hold it there by hand, push it down. You could zap through a, a fur two by four in, well, let's see, like a hot, I, I mean, uh, this, this sounds uh, silly, but it's like a hot knife through butter. You, you know, you wouldn't even feel it. Nothing would feel it. It would just be zip, 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 fast as you want to push that puppy through. Okay, so it was dangerous work, and that whole town was full of guys with no fingers or hands or arms. I personally knew a guy who lost an arm. Um, and the pay was shit. And it was a dog's life, and it was a terrible life. It was long hours, and it was hard, stinking work. And these were never, buildings were never heated or air conditioned. It was just whatever you got, it's what you got. And uh, you worked your ass off. And the guys doing these jobs, I think probably especially that one, um, I don't have the words for it. I don't have the vocabulary. They want it out. Now, lots of guys can identify with that, even though they're working in a corporate office or a medical establishment. Or well, no, those guys are into their work. Those people are into their work. They're, most of those people don't want out. They're happy. They get a purpose, and they're, and they're fulfilling it, and they're, and they're doing good. Um, somebody in a you know, banker's job or Some of their corporate thing that has no really real real meaning in the greater scheme of life and things 
they want out. They want out as badly as, as these guys in those sawmills want out. <clears throat> and so here's the deal. Here's the, here's the capper. Um, if you cut off, if you, if you had an accident and you got cut, which is really common, I lost the end of a finger. Everybody did. Just everybody. Everybody. Um, if you got cut, you didn't lose anything, you got cut. Then they paid the hospital and they put you on uh, state industrial for, uh, well, when I lost my finger, they gave me uh, like seven days to get healed up and go back to work using that finger. <laughs> That's insane. It took me three weeks and then it hurt like hell. Um, so you didn't get diddly. So there was no profit in just getting cut. If you cut something off, something gone, um, you got paid some cash amount from the state. Now, I don't remember what the amounts were, but they were, at the, in those days, they were big, or it seemed to us like they were big. Okay. Oh, I can't remember. I'm thinking an index finger was a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. And that was more money than we could comprehend. With that much money, we could move to Tahiti and live out our lives forever, somehow, some way. And so everybody I know, every single person I know, they talked of this and thought about it, of, of accidentally on purpose whacking a finger. Um, Christmas would come and they didn't have any money for their kids and maybe couldn't even buy a turkey. And they start thinking, you know, if I do two or three fingers, that's five grand. That's, you know, then I'd be Trump, you know. Um, and so the, the talk and the chatter was always about that. And we, we did it quietly because, you know, you couldn't let on that you were thinking about it or that, or that, that would have kiboshed the whole thing. So um, that went on for me for the several years that I worked in that industry. And then I just said, that's enough of that goddamn shit. And I bought my own sawmill and made a lot of money off the backs of people living those dog lives like I had been. Um, so I'm telling you that I know what quiet desperation means. You don't have to work in a sawmill to feel it. You can work anywhere. Um, so it's you guys, the guys who are experiencing that. That's what these are for, to try to give you some better option than cutting your finger off, you know, or doing what my uh, brother-in-law did and just plugging himself on the temple. Uh, okay, so last time we let off um, with me or you, let's say, you're, I'm, I'm trying to make you imagine yourself, you have, you have gotten all your ducks in a row, you got on a plane, plane landed, you didn't die, it didn't crash in the ocean. Um, and I walked you through how maybe, possibly not to get screwed in a taxi going from the airport to your hotel. I'm going to tell you one more thing that I forgot to mention. I can't count the number of times anywhere in Thailand, usually in Bangkok. The heck, we got somebody whistling now. I can hear that or not. Good God. Um, Oh, I know what it is. There's a kid over in the other area that he gets like flute lessons every day. 
Okay. Um, there's another trick that taxis will do besides just raping you on the price. And even, even after I had been there 10 years, I was still occasionally getting raped on the price because they were tricky. They were tricky the way they worded things. And, and you'd think you had an understanding and then suddenly you get to your destination and oh, you, there was no understanding at all. And you're going to, you're going to pay four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 times as much for the taxi as, as he was supposed to charge. Okay. So it can happen. It can happen no matter what. It just happened less. Uh, didn't happen at all when I had a Thai uh, girlfriend with me. Never happened. They'd, they'd just about go physical on the driver. And, uh, and, and I just let them just smile, let them. Okay, so there's another trick that taxi drivers do. If you're in a taxi and you're going somewhere in Thailand, can happen to other places in the world too, but Thailand's big for it, and Bangkok is especially big for it. And may let's say the let's say the the ride is uh, you know third of the way across Bangkok. Bangkok is whatever the hell it is. It's eight million people or something. It's making big, and 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 it's just spread and spread and spread. It just goes forever. Um, so that's a longish ride, you know, a third of the way across Bangkok. That's a long, long ride. Okay, the driver's going along. You've agreed on the fare, or maybe he's even, you know, maybe you put your gun to the back of his neck and said, turn the fucking meter on. He said, okay. And he did, maybe, maybe. Um, and you're going along and you're thinking everything's fine. You're in the back seat and you're relaxed. Maybe you're talking to your friend. I had this happen one day with three people back there who were new to Thailand, new to Bangkok, and they did, they, they, this shocked them to the core. Um, the driver, we were driving along and, uh, in an area of just kind of fields and, and, uh, half finished construction and stuff like that. So just the middle of freaking nowhere. And you can get that in the middle of Bangkok. Uh, lots of areas are just the middle of nowhere in the middle of Bangkok. It's weird. It's a weird city. Um, Hardly any traffic. Everything was fine. Raining. And the driver pulled over. And I thought, oh, he maybe has to get out and go to the bathroom. Nope. Well, maybe he has to make a call, call his wife. Nope. And he started jabbering in Thai. <clears throat> and the other people didn't understand anything. And I understand just enough to know we were fucked. And he was saying, get out. Just get out. Um, Kun Pai, Kun Pai, Kun Pai Krub. And I got, got across to him, no, no, we're in the middle of nowhere. It's raining. What the fuck? We got packages, we got bags, we got suitcases, we got shit. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And he sort of indicated that he, that somebody, that he had heard a rumor that bank, that, that uh, traffic up ahead was uh, kind of snarled up. He just didn't want to go there. So you're just going to go home. You're just going to drop us off, go home, call today. This is about 4.30 in the afternoon, getting duskish. And we argued bitterly with that miserable fucking piece of shit. Bitterly. And uh, he wouldn't budge. He wasn't going to move until we got out. And we got out cursing him as, as rapidly as we knew how. English and Thai. Banging on the, on the, on the top of his fucking car, on the trunk, trying, hoping we dented it. We, we were supremely fucking pissed. 
And he just nonplussed. He just stood there, a little smirk on his face. Of course, he didn't get any money. But he didn't care. Uh, we got out and stood around for several hours until it got dark and finally managed to flag down some kind of cab or some goddamn thing got on our way. That can happen to you. It probably won't between the airport and your hotel, but it could. But it, but it really can happen to you going other places within the city or, or that whole area, the whole greater Bangkok area. That's just a nasty little shit thing that they do because they're not business people. They don't understand anything. They know that you're phalangs. They know you don't know how to make a complaint. Uh, they don't care anyway. I've, compl I've, I've filed really formal complaints against some of them with a Thai girlfriend who was also supremely pissed. It just goes nowhere. Just, <laughs> as soon as you leave, they turn around and shake hands and laugh at each other. And, yeah, we fucked that phalang, didn't we? Okay. So let's assume you escaped that and you made it to your hotel. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, now what? Let's go explore. But you don't know where to go. You don't know how to get on the buses. You're probably already scared of the taxis. You know, you can't walk because it's surface up fucking mercury. <laughs> you know, um, that's how you sit there and you contemplate. You try to watch TV. Well, there's just a Thai TV. It's all silly Thai soap operas and slapstick and Thai news. It's all Thai and uh, nobody to talk to. You know, maybe you go down and sit in the lobby. Nobody to talk to you down there because you can't. You don't share any language. Girls will look at you. Oh God, they'll smile, stare into your eyes. Gorgeous. Gorgeous girls. What are you going to do? You say hello? You don't even know how to say hello. If you do, Sasty Cub, what are you going to say then? And they're not going to speak English, especially in Bangkok. When I got there, there was zero English in Bangkok. Now there's just a fierce thread of it. There's some, you know, you can get a little bit here and there, but. Um, so then the girl gets up and goes away because she's bored. <laughs> and then the second, what the fuck? Let's see, here I am. Here I am. What am I going to do? Um, if you've got a network of expats, and I never engaged in my, I, I, as I said before, I went there to get away from expats and sexpats. Uh, I wanted out of America because I didn't like Americans. I like America just fine except the government and the people, <laughs> you know. So you're going to sit there and the first thing, well, not the first thing, the next thing that is eventually going to come up on your radar, you're going to start thinking, you know, God, I wish I had like a guide, you know. I got some money, I could pay a guide. Maybe I could get a girlfriend. How can I do that? Um, and then you start thinking, dating app. And I harped on this yesterday. And at the beginning of the, of the video yesterday, I put a big link to an example site showing uh, whatever it was, 300 and some uh, profile pictures. No, 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 it was more than that. It was like six or seven or 800 profile pictures, all different profiles, but all of the same girl. Uh, one of the big scammers in this area. But, and, and hopefully that 
got through to you a little bit, maybe. But God, guys are stubborn, and they're lonely, and they're horny. And they see these gorgeous girls, and I think, God, I, I want to meet one, I want to meet one, I want to meet one. Uh, and so you're going to be really, really tempted to go on a, a dating app, like Tinder, or uh, I don't even know. There's about 10,000 of them now. Uh, are any of them good? No. Not even eHarmony. None of them are good. They're all full of scammers. They're all shit. They're all expensive. They're all a ripoff. Uh, somewhere around half of the profiles are thick. Uh, I've been on just about every dating site in the early years. Uh, and I stopped paying them, you know, probably nine years ago. Canceled out my account. Deleted my account. Gone. Done. Forgotten. And then if you go on them right now today, those profiles are still on there harvesting messages, my profiles. And that's the way it is, because without those, the dating apps can't stay in business. Now, you think about this girl on, on, the, uh, on the website that I gave you a link to. Um, She's good looking. Well, she's not now. She's like 55 or 60 now. She's fat and stupid looking. At the time, she was good looking. She was hot. And she had a look that every guy wants. And she... The deal is on these dating sites, the girls can go on there. They can message pretty much whoever they want. They don't have to pay. It's, you know, because they need the girls. They need the girls. Um, the guys are the ones who got to pay. So you get on there, you put your picture on there, and you make a little blurb. Oh, hey, I'm a nice guy. I want to be a nice girl. Yeah, fuck it. Right. Um, and you wait, um, say 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and you're all of a sudden the likes and the messages start flooding in. Okay. Somewhere around 80% of those are bots, they're automated. They don't exist at all. Um, they're just computer generated. Many of them buy the dating sites. Many of them buy scammers just trying to see if you'll respond. And if you do, then they start working you. You know, can they get some uh, information out of you? Hey, would you like to invest in crypto? Because I'm an expert. I can help you. You know, okay. So you got 20% that might be real people. Real, real, yeah, maybe. Um, most of those, 80% of those are going to be... F well, let's see, how can I break this down? Um, the vast majority of those are going to be not ladies that you are attracted to. Okay. <laughs> Just leave it at that. I don't care who you are. You ain't going to be attracted. Uh, I love my grandmother. God, I loved her. I'd do anything for her. I'd die for her. But uh, I don't want to marry her. And that's what you're going to be looking at. So then you got the next class, which are the out and out scammers. If they're, okay, I'll give you a clue. If their pictures are really, really great, really well done, color's perfect, lighting is perfect, they're smooth and they're, they're airbrushed and they're fucking perfect. 
big, huge capital letters, scammer. Virtually every single one. Because those attract the most guys. Because guys are fucking stupid. So they know that guys aren't thinking with their brain. They're thinking with something else. And they see these pictures that are just mouth-watering and, and guys just fucking click. They just fucking click. They can't help it. They can't stop. Even if they know it's a scammer, they can't stop. <laughs> okay. Um, forget those. Just don't even fucking go there. Don't even just... God, you got to drill that into your brain because this way lies madness. And that is the path to your bank account. And I fucking guarantee this. Okay, so you're going to get some that look like down-home girls. Modest clothes. Well, no, no, let's, 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 do the, let's do the clunkers first. If they got a bunch of tattoos, if they have hardly any tattoos at all, fucking skip them, fucking skip them. In this culture, tattoos are bad. American culture, fuck if my grandmother probably had them. I never saw them. I don't know, but she probably did. They were kind of, they're, they're acceptable, period. In, in American Western culture, tattoos are just there. They're just tattoos. They're as acceptable as uh, makeup. Uh, in this culture, all of Southeast Asia, they are not. They are not acceptable. Uh, only bad girls get them. Means sluts, prostitutes, freelancers, scammers and wild bar girls. That's it. Uh, only ones who get tattoos. Once in a while, you find some girl who, in a moment of weakness, she got a fucking teeny tiny little rose petal tattooed on her shoulder, you know, and that's it. That's the only one on her body. You know, check them, check them, <laughs> check them thoroughly. Uh, maybe, and if she kind of sort of regrets it or, you know, she doesn't want any more, Maybe, God, even then, even then, it'd be a red flag for me because I've learned. I've learned this lesson too many times. Tattoos? No. Beautiful, airbrushed, professional pictures? No. Tattoos? No. Let's see. What's what's the next giveaway? Oh, okay, here's the next one. Um, if they are at all, at all, all scantily clad. If they're showing much skin at all. Next. Because those are freelancers. Oh, they're going to talk to you. Sure, they're going to answer you. They're going to, they're going to, you know, match with you and they're going to talk to you. They're going to be sweet. Hey, baby, how are you today? I don't care if you're 400 years old. I love older men. It's okay. And uh, they're good. They're good. They've gotten better over 10 years. They've gotten better. The early days, they were pretty fucking obvious. Now they're better. They've learned. They've refined. <laughs> uh, they're like a virus that learns how to spread itself, you know. And... You're going to get sucked in, like talking to a really, really good AI bot. And they're going to convince you that, oh, man, you, you could be the one. You could be the man. You know, my husband, oh, he fucking beat me and he killed the children and he roasted them and he ate them. And, uh, oh, let's see, he fucked my mother. And, uh, oh, he took, uh, he took all my money and he took all my, all my clothing. That's why I have to dress like this because, uh, you know, he took all my clothing. And, uh, yeah, you know, okay. If they show 
in, in America, if they if they're in a bikini, well, you don't think anything about it because that's America. That's you know whatever. Here, <clears throat> the culture and the morals are different. Really, any girl who's ever going to stick with you at all anywhere in Southeast Asia, I don't care what country. They're going to be very modestly dressed. Period. That's all there is to it. And if they're not, next. Okay, out of the 250 hits, matches that you got in the first, let's say, 24 hours, I, I would routinely get, well, depending on the site, but if I, if I went on to Tinder, mm, let's see, in the, in the first hour, I would get 60. The next in the next 23 hours, so rounded up to 24 hours, I would get 140 to 200. And you and you and you do the unmatch, 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 unmatch because of all these things I've just said. And at the end, you got eight. Really, not exaggerating. I know these. Girls, trust me, I, <laughs> they, have, they have fucked me too many times, and I don't mean that literally. Well, you know, but figuratively, mostly, partly. <laughs> um, if if you are a freelancer kind of guy, I'll fuck them. You just go for it, go for it. I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that in a very great detail later, so don't worry. <laughs> if you're not a freelancer kind of guy, if you came here looking for, quote-unquote, a wife. Then you got to do what I'm saying because the most horrible, heinous things on earth and hell are going to happen to you if you don't follow this advice. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, truly. I mean it. I, oh, God, I wish I could reach out to you and give you a hug and pat you on the back and say, God, please, please, Jesus, make him listen to me. Please, great pumpkin, please, Buddha. Please make his mind open up so he fucking hears what I'm saying, because I know right now he doesn't, and he's going to get fucked over. And it's going to be sad to watch. <laughs> okay, so you got eight. You got eight left. Okay. Um... And you start talking to them, probably all eight. Pretty quickly, you're going to find out that one or two are freelancers also. They just didn't have nice pictures or nice clothes. Or they didn't feel like showing skin because they thought maybe this, you know, family might see them or something. But they're still freelancers. They're... Okay, so you've got six left. Okay, five of that remaining six within 24 hours, maybe 48 if they're really milking you, you know, going for the long haul, maybe, maybe they'll wait 48 hours and then they'll just flat out say, can I have some money, please? And, you know, I'll fucking slap you. I'll slap you. I'll fucking slap you. Trust me, I'll do it. I'm, a, I, I, I got this guy in the, in the, I talk about him a lot in the alien podcast. He's, his name is Anton Anfalov and he has inserted this shitload of fake shitload of fucking mountain of fake alien reports into the mix. And I hate his guts and his liver and I want to kill him. I've said publicly, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to do it with a ping pong paddle. I'm going to do it. It's going to take two or three. How long would that take? I don't know. 
a week or two, I would guess. Anyway, uh, and that's what I'll do to you. I'll take a fucking ping pong paddle to you. I will. If you send them any goddamn fuck, if you send them one fucking peso, one bot, I don't fucking beat you. I'll beat you with a fucking ping pong paddle. I will. I will. <laughs> really? If I have to hold you at gunpoint and beat you with a ping pong paddle, I'll do that. Because I'm trying to save you. <laughs> I'm doing it because I love you. Don't send him a fucking bot. Don't. Oh, that drives me insane. But they're going to be good. Some of them are going to have really good stories. In, in Thailand, when I first got there, the the uh, the pat story was, oh my God, our, our buffalo, he's sick. And if the buffalo can't plow the field, I don't know what we're going to do. I think the whole family's going to fucking die. I look at my, look at my picture of my little sister. She's on the floor. She doesn't eat for four days. And she's really, really skinny now. And oh, she, she doesn't talk to us anymore because I think she's near death. We got to get that buffalo fucking fixed up. He's got to go to the buffalo doctor. And I only need... Um, you know, can you send anything at all? I, I think, um, you know, 50,000 baht, I think maybe that could fix our buffalo. And, uh, oh, God, I would love you. I would love you forever and ever and ever. And ever. Okay. Now the buffalo thing is kind of passed away. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, the fucking buffaloes are all dead. Nobody uses a buffalo anymore in Thailand. Oh, God, there might be some isolated goddamn farm. Well, that, no, no, they're, they're not that isolated. I see them occasionally. I used to. I got some pictures of them. Um, most of the time now, for people who have buffaloes, they just, they, they think they're cool. They love buffaloes, that's all. They don't give a rat's ass if they ever do a day's work. They're just breeding them to be cool-looking pedigree buffaloes, and they sell them. Can't eat them. It tastes like shit. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, chances of you running across a real girl anywhere in Southeast Asia who has a real buffalo and it's really sick. Are the same, the odds are the same as a micrometeorite coming down right now. In the next five seconds, comes down through the roof, through the concrete roof up there. Top of the building comes down. It goes through my fucking keyboard right now. Watch. Okay, wait. One, two, three, four, five. No fucking meteorite. No, it didn't happen. Okay. All right. What are some of the other things? Oh, the big one. Here's the big one. Here's the biggest, the biggest, uh, newest one. Um, I'm having a hard time talking to you because my phone is kind of fucked up. It's a really old and it's cracked. And um, I just, it doesn't really work very well. And I can't really send you any pictures because, you know, the camera's fucked also. And, um, you know, and you're saying, well, can we video chat? Because I want to see if it's really you, if it's really a person and not some fucking guy, you know, in, in Nigeria. Oh, no, I can't really because their internet is very weak out here in the province, you know. Um, and my cam, my, my video, it just, you know, it just never worked right. And I, you know, if you really love me, if you love me, motherfucker, if you love me, fucking prick. If you fucking love me, if you're not full of goddamn fucking phalanx shit, you know, like all the rest of them fucked me and said they love me and they didn't. Okay, but, but if you're different. 
you just send me the money for a phone right now. It'll be, uh, let's see, um, 14,000 baht. That ought to do it. Let's see, how much is that now? Uh, 10, 3, 4, 450 bucks, something like that. How many guys would do that? How many guys are fucking stupid enough to do that? Okay, of the ones that are fucking stupid enough to do that, how many of them weren't being conned and scammed and screwed over? What percent of those guys do you think? Give me a number. I mean, I, I want to have a live thing where people can type in, you know, 20% are good. They really need a phone. You know, Okay, how long have you been here? Paisano. How long have I been here? <laughs> no. What's the percentage of girls who really... Well, no, they, I, I was going to say, what's the percentage of girls who really, truly need a phone? Well, about 100%. Um, if you send them money for one, what's the percentage of girls who are going to go buy a new phone? Zero. That's that big thing. It looks, it looks like that. looks like that. By the way, I, I was going into a... Uh, Muslim country uh, last year, Middle East, and uh, you know I'm a retired photographer, and I was going to take a bunch of goddamn pictures, and I got reading up on it because every country has little different photography rules, you know, stuff like that, do's and don'ts, and I got to reading up on that country, and uh, you know, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and 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 by the way, don't don't ever fucking do this. Because it means something, and you're going to go to fucking jail. You're going to go to fucking jail right now. Uh, what was the, oh, the other one in the same country was uh, this. Don't, don't fucking do this because you're going to go to jail. Same thing. You're going to go to fucking jail. This means something like up your ass, buddy, or something like that. I don't know what it means, but it's some heinous, bad, badass thing. Um, and, the, and the other one was uh, if you step outside your hotel and you look down the street, Two blocks, and there's a beautiful sunset. The sun's coming down between the buildings in the middle of the boulevard, and you think, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Clickety, 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 clickety. Okay, oh, you got beautiful shots, you know. The lights glistening off the skyscraper windows. Oh, God almighty. And you start to walk away. Bam, police are on you. They're fucking on you. And they will take your camera forcibly if you don't give it to them, and they will go through every photo that you've taken that day, and they will find one, probably in that, in that series you just took, from two blocks away. And they will find some woman <clears throat> with her back to you. And you fucked. They probably will just make you delete everything that's on your, on your card right then. That's a best case scenario. Or they can take your camera, you'll never see it again, and you're going to fucking jail. Can't photograph women in that country, ever, under any circumstances. Unless they're a paid model and you got a release, you know, that's about it. But women on the street, no. So I was heading right into that country and I just uh, skippity dude right on out. <laughs> I didn't even fucking stop. Didn't even go walk around. Um, okay, so anyway, um, I go off. I go off the rails pretty frequently, just because I think of shit that you should probably know. Um, okay, we we're talking about girls and cameras, phones. <laughs> Shit. Um, oh, hell. Wait a minute. I gotta try to remember where the hell we were. I don't know. <laughs> okay, when I go back and listen to this tape, you know, for the final proofing, I'll, I'll suddenly remember. Oh, God, I was talking about that. Okay, whatever. Um, talking about girls and, and phones. Don't fucking buy them one. 
the best case scenario is that they're going to they're going to say, you know, I need uh, four hundred and fifty dollars for a phone. Then, baby, we're going to talk, and I'll send you pictures. You won't fucking believe. You won't fucking believe those pictures. Oh my God, they're they're going to be so hot. Oh Jesus, you're 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 probably too old to even look at them because you're just going to fucking die. You know they're going to be that good. I just need that four hundred fifty for that for that phone, and uh, and then we're oh God, we're, we're going to live chat. And I'm not going to tell you everything I'm going to do, but, you know, you use your imagination. And, and this is all going through a translator tied to English back and forth like that. It's really fucking tedious because they're not going to know enough English to get across any kind of a thought other than, hi, how are you? Send me money. You know, that's it. That's the extent of their English. So the best case, you're going to send them the, the 450 bucks. And if they think, Oh my God, this is a stupid motherfucking piece of shit. I think I can get more out of him. They're going to go buy a phone. And they're going to show you the phone using the old phone, which works perfectly fine. Always has. But they're going to show you a picture of the new phone. Okay, it's going to be a uh, $70 phone. And you're going to see it from a little bit of a distance, kind of blurry in the dark. And the rest of it went probably to her boyfriend. Um, sure as hell not for the Buffalo. So the phone thing is a, is, is, is a really big one right now. It's a fucking big scam right now. It's a, and guys are just falling for that. I mean, you hear this story and you think, Oh God, I would never fall for that. Okay. When I went to, when I first got to Southeast Asia, I had spent two years in federal law enforcement. I was dealing with the scummiest scum, 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 bastard cock suckers on the face of the earth. And they couldn't get over on me because I knew every fucking scam. I could read them. Read them like a goddamn book. I could meet them and within, within 40 seconds, I could tell you what they were up to and what they were about and, and how it was going to go with them. Uh, I fancied myself pretty worldly. I had gone through... You've listened to the first couple of few tapes and you, and you know shit I've gone through. I I was somewhat worldly. I thought I was far more worldly than I was. I was sure and I hell about 17 levels of worldly above 99.9% .9 of the expats that end up in Southeast Asia. I was far above them. Okay, as we go through these, I'm going to tell you different ways I got screwed. Fucking bad shit. I'm tempted to tell them now, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, more scams from girls. Um, oh, they're going to say, well, I, I want to come and see you. Oh, God, I want to I stay with you for a few days. I want to see if we're happy. Oh, please, please, I can come to you right now. You know, maybe you are video chatting, stuff like that. She hasn't done the phone thing. Oh, God, I just want to come to you. I, I'm so lonely. I live out here in the province, and all I got is the fucking chickens and <laughs> you know, that, that dead um, buffalo, you know, fuck, he's dead. He's, yeah, he, he's dead. Fuck him. <laughs> and, uh, if you could just send me a little money, I'd come to you right now. I could be there tomorrow. You know, I'd be there tomorrow. Oh, God, we can do, we can be so happy together. Now, you got a guy whose wife has been dead 10 years, whatever, five years, a year, I don't know. Um, or, uh, another thing you see down here is guys who have never had a girlfriend and they finally get old enough 
they retired. They got some money. They can come down here. They've never had a motherfucking girlfriend. You get some of the oddest looking sons of bitches. You, you, you look at them and they don't even fucking look human hardly. They're some morphine goddamn excuse for some hybrid fucking genetic accidental goddamn fucking thing that crawled up out of the swamp somewhere and they never had a girlfriend and they come here. Why? Because here. I hate this. Almost makes you cry to say it. They can get a girlfriend. And they'll get a fucking off. I've had so many countless girls, especially in the early days, beg me to come and stay in my condo. I said, no, 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 I don't like a freelancers. You know, I don't go with the ladies for money. I don't. No, you don't have to pay me. Oh, God, please, you don't have to pay me. I just want to stay in your condo. You can do anything you want. I just want to stay in your condo because I don't have any food. And you have air conditioning, right? Yes, I do. Oh, God, please, I'll do anything. And they will hang, literally physically hang on you. They wouldn't those days. Just to spend one night in your condo with air conditioning and a soft bed and a shower that works with warm water because they don't have, they don't have water heaters here. Cold water, all, all, every shower, every, every, everything is cold water. There's no, hot water heaters are kind of coming in to be popular now, but then, in those days, there was a zero. Everything was cold water. You had to have a fairly high-end condo, even for a filang, to get hot water for your shower. So they they'll just kill you. They'll kill. They'll, they'll kill. They'll kill a fucking cat you know, with their bare hands just to get a hot shower. Oh, God. Damn. And they know goddamn well you're going to take them out to dinner, and then you're going to take them out to breakfast. So they're going to get, you know, probably 24 really nice hours, and you don't have to pay them. Now that's changed quite a bit. You've got to pay them pretty much. Quality of living for ties well, all around Southeast Asia has come up somewhat. I mean, measurably, not hugely, but noticeably a little bit. Um, now also, in the old days, I would go, go on the dating sites and I would get talk to these girls. And yeah, lots of, lots of them were scammers, you know, 95%, 93% were immediately identifiable as scammers using the criteria that I just laid out a few minutes ago. But some weren't. And I would just say, uh, okay, you know, you want to come. If you want to come and see me, I'll pay back your bus or whatever train, whatever, when you get here. What percentage showed up? I would say, in those days, 70%. And it was sad. It was heartbreaking. And they would show up and, uh, you know, I treat them really nicely and they spend a few days and um, you usually know. I mean, there's various stages as a, as a relationship goes, you know, even in the first, even in the first 10 minutes, you know something about whether or not this has a chance of working. And then after a few hours, you know more about it. And then after a day, you know more about it. After three months, you know more about it. And, and you know, nearly all of these within, within either one minute or a day, 
24 hours tops. You knew there nothing going to happen here. Nothing, nothing, nothing going to happen here. But they've shown up from fucking Eson or some goddamn thing. You know, it's a freaking 16-hour train ride, and they're tired. They don't know anybody. They don't have any money. They're hungry. Uh, you put them in a hotel, I guess. Sometimes I did. A few times I did. Or you just let them stay with you. I usually had a couple of bedrooms. Put them in the other bedroom. Say, okay. And then, and then d- during that evening, you know, you'd watch some TV or something like that. And, you'd, and they'll, they'll usually ask you, you know, what do you, what do you think? You know, do you think this could work out? You know, you think we can be happy? And, and you, you got to have a talk. You, I, I used to delay it. And I found that that's wrong, morally wrong. It's torture for them and, and for you too. You just have to say, no, I'm sorry. I don't think so. I, I think we can be friends. Oh, God, it hurts them. God, it hurts them because they're thinking, maybe, maybe there's no more nights of 100 degrees, maybe without even a fan, with the bugs, snakes trying to get in, and no food, little scraps of rice with some bony fucking fish, you know. And they're, and they're, they're thinking, maybe, God, please, please, Buddha, could, could this... Could this be a place where I can get reliable food, you know? And then you got to tell them, nope, sorry. That's just, a lot of times they'll just cry. They'll cry all night sometimes. I had one cry for 20 hours on the floor, cry on the 20, 20 hours on, on the floor. I had a friend who uh, had one, um, and they were together for a couple of months, and she, he, she was just nasty in every way. He kicked her out. Um, she went outside his gate. He, he put her stuff outside the gate, gave her some money. Uh, she just wouldn't leave. And she lived outside the gate in his tiny little alley for six weeks, I think. Um, her money ran out, her food ran out. She asked him for more. He said no. Um, the village came and gave her food every day. About six weeks. And she just sat out there and cried. Um, you got to be really careful, really careful. I mean, she did it to herself. She was a nasty, complaining, bossy, controlling, fucking bitch, nasty woman. And he warned her a thousand times, look, you know, you, you really need to clean up your act. You need to straighten up. You need to start showing a little bit of respect. I'm, I'm feeding you. I'm being nice to you. And uh, she just wouldn't. And I've, I had him like that also. So anyway, we're, we're getting off track here. Um, I have interacted with, oh God, I certainly tens of thousands of girls on dating apps, Southeast Asia. In, in the U.S., forget it. You, you just forget it. Just forget it. If you're not a fucking surf boy, you know, about 18 and a half years old, perfectly built, blue eyes, blonde hair, uh, even the grandmothers won't even fucking talk to you. So let, so here's here's what happens with these dating things. Um, you're on there, and you get a bunch of replies, and you've weeded out this scammer and this scammer and this scammer and that scammer, and you're down to three. Let's say three. And you're thinking, you know, wow. They haven't asked me for money. 
don't think they're going to. Um, they've given me some proofs. We video chatted, so I know it's not their fucking sister's picture. And maybe, maybe there's a possibility here with one or two or three of them. You know, yeah, not all together, you know, <laughs> unless that's what you like. But, um, and here's what happens. You talk for a day or two or three or a week, and they seem really interested. And you're going along. Suddenly they're gone. Maybe they just don't ever reply again, or maybe they have unmatched you or something like that, so you can't see them anymore. Okay. And you're thinking, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck did I do? Did I say something? Did I, what? Did I have a booger hanging out of my nose when I took that picture? What the hell? No. No, 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 no. You didn't. You probably, probably, you didn't do anything wrong at all. Probably you're a perfectly good guy. Would have, would have made a great husband for her. Um, but while she's talking to you, she's left and right swiping on 22,000 other profiles. And what happened was she spotted one that was 1% prettier than you. Looks like you might have a little more money than you too. And he's funny. You're gone. You're out the door. Get out the back chair. Just get out the back. Fucking forget it. Um, this will happen of, of, of the ones that are still left after you've called all the rest. This will happen on virtually every single one of them. Virtually every single one. Um, and they don't get it. What's going to happen is they dumped you and four or five other guys for this new hot guy. And um, they're just talking to him, talking to him. Oh my God, this is the one. This is the man. This is the man I want to marry. This, I God, this guy. This this guy's just too fucking perfect. He turns out to be either a scammer, or what she doesn't realize is that he's also got twenty three hundred choices in girls. And while she's going after him, hot and heavy, he's swiping his collection of twenty two thousand profiles. 23,000. And what do you suppose is going to happen to him? He's going to find one that's 1% hotter than her. So it's just kind of a coin toss as to who's going to ghost each other first. One of them is going to ghost the other or both at the same time or whatever. Okay, so this is what the girls and the guys do forever, ever. Um, sometimes I would get off of dating sites and I would go back on five years later. Same fucking girls are still on there. And they're not scammers. Well, I mean, a lot of them were, but the ones who appeared to me to be legitimate are still on there because they're still playing this game and they don't get it. They don't get that you need to, you need to find one that will work. And there's a spark there. It's got to be physical, and it also has to be emotional. 
hopefully spiritual too. There has to be a spark. If there's no spark, it's dead. You're done. You know, go marry your sister. It has to be a spark. But if there is a spark, fucking stop. Stop swiping right then. Stop swiping. Just fucking stop swiping. Put your profile on hiatus, you know, temporarily on vacation or whatever the hell. And then check this guy out thoroughly. If it turns out to be a dead end, gone. Lock him. Reinstate your, your profile. Move forward. But when you got a guy or a girl you think might be capable of a relationship and there's a spark or two or three, go after it. Pursue it. Really. Really. But they don't do it. Nobody fucking understands that. So, even if you do find a good one, and there, and there, there might, I have actually found a, a few good, in the early days, I found quite a few good ones. I had to go through tens of thousands, but I did find a few good ones. And a few of them, we stayed together for a few days or whatever, and, and I let them go, and now I regret it because I see how rare the good ones are. You know, there's just some few little things I didn't like about them, and it, and I thought they were deal breakers. Well, they weren't because I was stupid. Um, anyway, the chances of, of you finding one, especially now, are, well, it's a meteor thing. You know, here, here we are. You know, we counted down to one to five, zero to five, and the fucking micrometeorite didn't, didn't come through the top of the computer. I'm still waiting for it, you know. I didn't hear anything clickety-clack on the roof, you know, nothing like that. So um, that's that's what your odds are of finding a good one on a dating site. And while you're looking, you're just going to go insane. You're probably going to lose some money. I had one in the Philippines uh, a few years ago. No, not even a year ago, year ago, year ago. And I, I got a friend up north, Philippines, and I said, hey, um, I'm coming to the Philippines. I'm not going on the dating sites. Do you know any nice girls? And he said, yeah. And his girlfriend said, yeah, we know this one. She's living in the bush because she got kicked out of her fucking apartment. Got a boy. I think he was eight. No, five, five. I can't remember. And uh, she's a nice girl. We've known her for years. And uh, she was over big in food one time. And, and we said, look, you know, you can always go downtown. You can, you can have... Uh, couple of thousand pesos right now, you know, in about two hours working. And she almost broke them off as friends. She was so insulted by that. Um, she was a nice girl. And they hooked me up with her online and we messaged a few times. And I already came with this recommendation from, from, from two people who knew her for years. One of them was a Filipino lady, nice Filipino lady. Uh, the other guy owns uh, several apartment buildings. He's a Falang. They don't use Falang in Philippines, but I, I you know, I do. I do. I'll never stop. Um, and so I got hooked up with her online, and I talked to her for a while, like a week. And her situation was dire. It was fucking dire. And uh, I talked to my friend a few more times, and I said, "Look, you know, are you positive? This is a nice girl. Positive? Are you positive?" And he said, yes, we vouch for her. And I'd known that guy for some number of years before that, probably six, seven years before that. And I sent her um, 
hundred bucks, I think. And she couldn't retrieve it from Western Union. And I called Western Union and said, what, what the, why won't you give her the money? You got all the data. What's the, what's the problem? And they said, well, she's in here a couple of times a day getting money from guys from around the world. And she's been banned from Western Union. Okay. So they're going to get you. They're going to get you. They're going to get even me. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm smarter than most about Southeast Asian girls. And she still got me. That was a fucking year ago. Okay. Uh, so I told my friend, and now, you know, she's off of their list of people. They will help. She didn't care. There's plenty of more suckers. So, um, I'm going to keep harping on this theory. Don't go on the dating sites. Don't do it. 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 You're going to lose a lot of money. You're, you're, I can't even describe the kind of mini heartbreak you're going to go through again and again and again and again. And if you're not really astute, they're going to talk you into some goddamn scheme. Like the one in that website that I, that I showed you in the, in the last tape, you know, the crypto scammer. And, and there are countless thousands of them doing exactly that same thing. Uh, I just picked that one to make an example of her because she's got more fake profiles than anybody else. And it was easy to get her pictures. Um, I have seen her. I, I was investigating her with a group of uh, retired law enforcement friends. And uh, we have seen her <clears throat> post around 2,000 new profiles per day. She puts them in batches. She posts in batches. So, you know, you get 100 of them and then you wait for 40 minutes and then you get a hundred of them, you know, it's her, it's her doing it. Uh, guys have video chatted with her and her face is always kind of masked and, uh, well, just read the website. Then I, I hope that'll get through to you. It probably won't because guys are guys are guys. And we think Southeast Asian girls are going to be something like Western girls. Well, they're not. It's, uh, it's buffaloes and raccoons. That's how different. I I'm going to keep telling you stories. I'm going to tell you one more right now. I was going to save this one for later, but I'll tell it right now since we're on, on this subject. Okay. I'd been in Thailand for five years, something like that. And I had a sort of a friend. He turned out to be a fucking asshole, but he was an Australian doctor. And Australia, Australians come up to Thailand pretty regularly because it's close. It's reasonably close to Australia. So this is kind of a weekend getaway for them. So he'd been coming up to, to Thailand all of his life. And he knew Thailand and he knew Thai girls. And, um, you know, in fact, he had a house in, in Thailand. And he just came up and he just stayed in his own house when he was when he was there and stuff like that. And he had a million girls. And he had one, I can't remember if he married her or not. Might have. He, I think he did. He did a Thai marriage only, which is not valid in any other country. Barely valid in Thailand. Um, oh, I got I to eat something here. Hold on. Okay, so, so this guy, let's call him Frank. Big, fat, ugly guy. Just hideous guy. 
in, in looks and character also and demeanor also. Anyway, took me a while to figure that out. Um, so Frank had this girlfriend, probably his wife, I, I think it was, and they lived together for a couple of years and he supported her. And then, you know, he had to go back and work once in a while. He could, he made so much money in Australia. He could work down there for three or four months and come back to Thailand and, and live for the rest of the year, you know, just fine. And she did something after a couple of years. He, he was in love. That was, you know, he was done looking. He was, you know, going to stay there forever. That was, that was his, uh, his girl. And she did something. I can't remember. She, she cheated and she cleaned him out financially, something like that. She did something really, really bad. And she was the only one he had met that he had deemed to be worth two fucking bucks. The rest of them were scum. And when she did that, he's like, okay, okay, step back. Let's step back, step back. Let's look at the bigger picture. Wider lens, wider lens. Oh, okay. Now I'm seeing the world clearly. Okay. Oh, fuck. How could I have ever let myself in for that? Oh, wow. I've been around this block enough times. I should have known better. You know, that's what he was thinking. And so he got rid of her. And then he just became this fucking sex pet asshole piece of goddamn shit. His, his whole thing in life was to figure out how many girls he could fuck in one day for how cheap, you know, he would jew them down and he promised them a, a new pair of shoes and he'd fuck them and, and then they'd give them some old used pair of shoes and say, okay, just, he, he, he hated women from that point on. He just hated them. Just, that's how some guys get to that point, you know, like my, my brother-in-law. God, that still, that still hurts to think about him. Um, but this guy was done, like a lot of you guys are done. Done. Even if, even sometimes if they died, um, you look back over your life and you think, well, that was kind of a fucked life. You know, they, they did this and they did this and they did this and I don't want to repeat that again. Anyway, this guy was done. And he just fucked a lot of girls for the next some number of years. Fucked everyone he could scam, lie to. There's a lot of guys all through Southeast Asia like that. And I just want to temple punch him at this point. Or worse, you know, or worse, or much, much worse if I could get away with it. Scum of the earth. And anyway, that's what he became. And one day he met another one. And he swore that he was done giving away his heart. You know, he just swore it. And he was, he was done. He was done. He was really, truly done. But he met this one. And somehow she fucking wormed in there. She got wormed her way in there. Somehow, I don't know how she did it. And they started living together. But he's wary. He loves her, but he's wary as hell, you know, once bitten. 50 times shy, you know. And so he kept her at arm's length for all that time. They lived together for three and a half years. And he knew her family, knew everything. And he was so wary that he went to Bangkok and hired a private detective agency to check her out. Find out if she had ever worked in a bar, 
Was she a known freelancer? Was she a known scammer? Uh, her employment history, was it, was it true? And this uh, PI in, in Bangkok came back and said, now she's clean. She's fucking clean. Can't find anything in her, in her history. And he's like, well, okay, that's kind of hopeful. So he hired another one. So he ended up hiring two. She didn't know it. And they checked her out. They checked her out every possible way there was. And they came back and they said, fuck, she's clean. And neither of the PIs knew about the other PI, so they, you know, they're not sharing notes. And so number two reports that she's squeaky clean. She's a good girl. And his heart just soared. Oh my God, he finally found one. I haven't found one. And he proposed to her some short time after that. She said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So this guy came from a huge wealthy family in Australia, and I don't remember the region, doesn't matter. And they started planning the wedding. And he made the announcement to his family. His family's all happy for him. And it was quite a while later. It was like six months before they felt the arrangements were done, ready. And then it was time to take her to... No, it was longer than that because he had to get her a visa to Australia. To get a visa to Australia is much easier than getting a visa to the U.S. because the Australians aren't nearly as goddamn fucking stupid and anal retentive so that you can get a marriage visa quicker. Because they've been dealing with Thailand for their whole lives, you know. You know, when, when guys are 16 and they, they come to Thailand for their birthday party, you know, shit like that. In America, you can't do it because it's just too far. So anyway, he got her a visa, and that probably took six months. Cost him a shitload of money, still. And, but, yeah, but that's okay, he's in love, you know. And so they flew to Australia. And he lived in a, wait, no, he didn't live. He, well, yeah, he did. He part-time, he lived in the family complex, which is this huge complex of homes uh, way outside of wherever the hell city that was. Big city, I can't remember. And there was like 10 or 12 homes built in a kind of a, almost a circle. Uh, gardens and shit in the middle. Everybody was well-to-do. They only owned by that family. Nice fucking place. Just lovely. And so they got off the plane in Australia and got a cab. Plane was kind of late. They were kind of late getting out of the airport. So they, it turns out that in the cab, the cab was like a three-hour ride out to, to this complex. And the whole family's just waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, they're getting everything ready. The wedding was going to be in a week after that. And they were probably just going to stay there, you know. Because he found what he wanted now. And um, so they get in the cab at the airport. They take it out there two and a half, three hours, whatever it was. And they, they get to the complex like three in the morning. And the cab ride was expensive. And they were so far out, he couldn't do anything online. He couldn't pay him. And the cab wanted, you know, whatever. Three, four, five hundred fucking dollars. And he, he had like 300 or something like that. So he said, okay, excuse me, uh, just hold on. You know, I'm going to leave my luggage all here in the car. And, uh, you know, my fiance's in the car, you know, I'm not going to leave without her. And I'm going to go wake somebody up. I'm going to get some cash. I'll come right back. You know, five, ten minutes tops. And the cabbie's, okay, no problem. And uh, so he goes and knocks on doors till he gets somebody up. <clears throat> and uh, they scrounge around to get enough cash. He goes back to the cab, pay the cabbie. And... Uh, it's all dark. 
in the cab, the lights are off, and he's thinking, where the, where the fuck did they go? He tries to open the door, and the door's locked. He said, well, maybe they went for a walk or something. And he starts peering in. I think he had a phone with a light on it or something like that. He starts peering in through the windows. Nobody in the front seat looks in the back seat. Well, there they are. Just fucking like mad dogs in the back seat. His fiance and the cab driver. Um, he had offered her $15. Turned out she did have a history in the bars. And $15 was a you know, pretty good wage for what she figured was going to be 10 minutes work. Just didn't get done in time. And, of course, that was a big fucking problem. And um, He took his suitcases out and made her go back to the city with hers and uh, somehow got her into a hotel. See, he's responsible for her in Australia. The same thing in the U.S., too. He's, he's responsible. You bring somebody in on, the, on a visa and you are the, uh, what's the name for it? Um, uh, the sponsor, anyway. There's another name for it. And you're responsible for anything, for anything and everything that happens to him, taking care of him in every possible way. And uh, he started, so he had to put her up. He had to feed her, had to give her money. And she demanded quite a lot of money. And he got a hold of the... Uh, embassy or wherever he had to go, immigrations, I guess, probably to get that visa canceled. And she fought that. And that took him like six months of supporting her in high style in Australia to get her out because she just fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it. And uh, finally he did. He said it cost him a fortune. And I don't remember if he ever said the amount, but it was a lot of money because he made a lot of money. So if he said it was a lot of money, it was, it was a lot of money. All kinds of lawyers and and finally got her out, and she had no choice then. You know, immigrations would put her on a plane back to Thailand. So that's it. She's gone. And from that time on, I met him right about then. From that time on, he went back to just being a miserable fucking stinky sex pet. Just disgusting. Disgusting in every way. <laughs> As a rule. I think he's probably dead by now. I hope because we don't need him breathing this air. Um, so, I'm trying to impress upon you what the souls are made of, of far too many Southeast Asian girls. And, that, and, and, and we're, you know, we're just going to come back to the dating apps. I don't think he met her on a dating app, but that's what you're going to meet on dating apps. All most universally, almost straight across the board, almost every single one. It is technically possible that you'd meet a good one. But it's technically possible that fucking meteorite. You want to count down again? Let's count it down for a year, not five seconds this time. Let's count it down for a year. We'll see if, if uh, after one year, that fucking meteorite, you know, Micrometeorite has come down through the roof and gone through my, my computer. Let's see if that happens in the next year. Okay. So I told you I'm going to keep harping on this because I'm trying to save you. And I'm just going to keep on it and keep on it until you're goddamn fucking sick of hearing it. But what's going to happen is if you get down here and you start having interactions with these girls, Southeast Asian girls, um, shit's going to happen to you. And I'm sorry.
and it's going to be minorly bad shit or it's going to be majorly bad shit. And then you're going to think back, oh, God, that guy, that guy, he talked about this shit. He talked about it. I didn't fucking listen. Okay, okay, you could lead a buffalo to water, you know, can't make him drink. That's all I can do. I can tell you shit. I can give you examples, true stories. Uh, I can show you websites. I need to get through your brain to the to, to, to the extent of about 99%. The best I can ever hope to get through to your brain is probably at extent of about 10%, you know. But I'll just try anyway. Okay, so we were at the point of you're in the hotel, you're bored, you know what the hell to do. And start thinking about dating sites. And if I have successfully turned you off on dating sites, you're going to start thinking about bars. Where's the nearest bars where there might be beautiful girls? Because they're not all prostitutes, right? Yes, they are. In the bars. Not 99.9999999. 100. It's a perfect score. Straight across. In the bars, that's all you're going to get. And probably, I'm going to keep this one a little shorter, probably in the next tape, we're going to start talking about why why you don't want a bar girl, even if they are now good ones. Because they're not. There's a, uh, well, let's hit on it just now. There's a thing that happens with girls. Um, they can get driven into prostitution by choice because they like it. They like to be fucked and they like to be fucked by a lot of guys and they, they don't care anything about marriage or relationship or they just like to be fucked and they like to drink and they like to have fun and they like to have parties. They like to be fucked. They are sluts. Okay. But that, you know, that's what they want to be up to them. That's a common phrase you'll hear in Thailand. Up to me. Up to me. Okay. Hey, you want to walk off that cliff there and die? Up to me. That's the attitude you're going to get. Um, so that's one type of girl that gets into prostitution. And prostitution is everywhere in Thailand. And it's it's either flat out, black and white. Hey, I'll give me 30 bucks, I'll fuck you. Okay, it's like that. Or it's more subtle sit and have a drinks with you and stuff like that. And then maybe they don't work for the bar. They're just visiting the bar, waiting for their friend, you know, like that. And, uh, oh, God, you really strike up a conversation. Their English is really good because where'd they learn it? From fucking a lot of phalanx. It's the only place to learn good English. Even, even the ones I know that came out of universities that never fucked a phalanx. Um, their English is crap. It's passable. You can understand them, but not like the bar girls. So that's another good giveaway. If they're speaking good English, God, fucking run. Just fucking run. Every time? Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. I'd say every time. Every time. Uh, you want them to speak English, then you pay for the school. You send them through English school. Um, the other type of girl that gets into prostitution is 
the one, the ones where the family's starving. They got 2.3 fucking kids from some little Thai piece of shit guy who left them. Kids are starving. I'm, I don't mean they're poor. I mean they're hungry. They don't have dinner tonight. Really, they don't have rice tonight. Maybe they're eating fucking geckos. Really, I'm deadly serious. Maybe they got some rice and they're putting the geckos in there, you know, put a little meat in there. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> and bugs. And bugs. Bugs are big, Thailand. I'll tell you about them later. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of them. Some are good. Not many. Um, the seasoned cockroaches are especially fucking terrible. I'm kidding. I'm not fucking kidding. Um, those girls don't want to be prostitutes. But they're pushed into it because everybody's starving. The parents are old. The kids are young. No guys are out in the fucking rice paddies where they live in the province. And they, they meet these girls online and the girls say, oh my God, you got to come to someplace, you know, Phuket or Pattaya or uh, someplace. And oh, this is, uh, fucking life is great. You're going to make so much money. You can't believe it. And you're going to meet a, f a handsome Falang and he's going to sweep you off your feet. He's going to take you away. You're going to go to America or some fucking thing. Oh, this is the answer, girlfriend. This is how you do it. And she listens to that long enough and the kids are crying and she can't find any more rice. She goes to the neighbor. They don't have any rice. She gets some bananas off a tree, some poppies, and they eat that. And they're kind of tired of that. Uh, and she, this just works on her more and more and more and more and more. So her friend, you know, usually the mama's on of the bar, she finds out that one of her girls has a friend who might possibly be talked into coming down working in the bar. And so the mom's son will front the money for the bus and the friend sends it, you know, she skims off her, her cut, you know, and then she sends a little bit to her friend up at Isan and, uh, for the bus and the, and the bus and the girl gets on it because she has no choice. She doesn't have any choice anymore. Okay. The moment she made that decision to go ahead and come down to one of the tourist places and, and try the bar life, then see, most girls have a good girls have a, concrete wall built around, built between them and this notion of prostitution. Not as many as you'd think. <laughs> no. um, pretty much all of them think about it a teensy tiny little bit in the back of their brain. But they don't think about it very seriously. Um, there's not all that much of a stigma against it in Thailand. Other countries, somewhat in Thailand, there's not too much stigma anymore. It used to be more, there's hardly any anymore. The parents actually will push her into it. Parents, the grandparents, the fucking village itself will, will say, yeah, it's okay if you want to go there. You know, you can make some money. Can you send some back to us? You know, like that. Uh, and she's like, sure, okay, I can do that. So the moment she gets on that bus, a little part of that barrier between her and prostitution, it's, it's a chip out of it. That's the saddest moment. And she rides that bus for 23 fucking hours, gets down to whatever city. 
And uh, she gets off the bus and she's thinking, oh, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And then she thinks about her kids crying. And she just stands there and waits for her friend. And friend shows up on a motorbike taxi because she didn't really make any big money. So that's all she can afford is a motorbike taxi. She shows up. Oh, they're happy to see each other. Friend says, don't worry. You know, by this time, the girl is crying. What have I done? Why am I here? And the girl, the girlfriend, the hooker girlfriend is like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I felt the, the same way when I first got here. And then I realized how much fun it is. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, you're going to love it, too. And so they take her to some sleaze bag room because the hooker girl didn't make enough money to get a proper room. No air conditioning. It's just a fucking closet kind of thing. It's an oversized closet. Maybe not a fan. Maybe a fan. Maybe not a fan. Loud, tight parties every night. Nasty. Yeah, nasty. And uh, so the, the new girl, she bids down in that place. And next day she takes her to meet the mama-san, you know. And the mama-san says, uh, hey, you want to wanna work in the bar? Because you're kind of pretty, you know. You can, oh, God, you can make so much money. You can't even believe it. You can, you, you can support the whole fucking village, you know. Really, those people are counting on you. Because the mom's son's going to get a cut of everything this girl does. <clears throat> and uh, the girl's like, well, I, I don't know. I, my friend works here, you know. I'm thinking about it. And, and the, and the mom's son and the girl and, and the other girls, too, will just work on it. There's not going to be a single girl there who tells her it's a horrible fucking life because they don't want her to know that they made the wrong decision also. So every, every girl there is going to say, it's fucking great. God, we love it. We love it. And the, and the girl says, finally, I don't know. Can I just hang around for a night or two, you know, and see? I, I just want to see how it's going to go. I don't know what to do. And they say, oh, of course, you can just hang around. Yeah, I'm not going to pay you, you know, but just hang around and uh, and watch everything. And we'll talk to you. You know, you can have some drinks and, and shit like that. And you see if you like this life or not, you know. Okay, so for the next night or two, they're going to put on a big show how great it is and you know, maybe her, her friend gets lucky, gets a customer. She go, fucks him for a couple hours. She comes back. She's got uh, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, big fucking money. You know, the, the daily wage is uh, average probably. Let's see. Mm, maybe, maybe $25. Maybe not even that. So 50 bucks for a couple hours. You got dinner. You got some drinks. You got fucked. Maybe you got your brains fucked up. Time man never fucked you like that, you know. Because these phalangs are so goddamn fucking horny. Half of them never had a goddamn girlfriend. They get one and they're fucking crazy. They just fuck you half to death, you know. And that uh, might be pretty good sex. A lot of them have told me it's fairly often pretty good sex. It's fairly often hideous beyond comprehension. They cry for two days. Often, often they do that. Okay, so this girl, the new girl, she hangs out in the bar. And little by little, you know, they're putting on a show for her, and she's looking at that $50. She's thinking, God damn it, I, I could take 30 of that, send it back to the village. They would be just, they would $30. How much fucking rice can you buy? You know, I, hundreds of pounds my babies can eat. Everybody will love me. All I got to do is go fuck some guy, you know. I don't get to choose, really, especially. But, uh, you know, hopefully he won't be too sweaty and greasy and fat and hideous. Hopefully. But if he is, I'll fuck him anyway. She makes that decision. Okay. 
the moment she makes that decision, then it's not a little chip out of that barrier wall. It's a cannonball through that thing. Now there's a gaping fucking hole in that wall. And so what happens then is that she, she's, most of them don't drink, but the other girls will get her to drink. And the customers will pester her mercilessly to drink because they want them drunk. So they're more fun to fuck. And so she'll start drinking a little bit. And they'll have some dance parties in the bar and there's music and there's people coming and going. And, you know, she thinks, well, it's not that horrible of a life. And so she gets her first customer after a day or sometimes a week, depending on how pretty she is and, and what the, where the bar is. And she sits and he'll buy her a couple of drinks, usually, in the bar. Lady drinks, you know. And then he'll say, you want to go? She didn't really want to, but gosh, she wants that 50 bucks. Oh, fuck. And so she just nods, you know, very demurely. She nods, okay. So he pays the uh, the bar fine, probably, uh, let's see, I don't even know, it's so many years since I was in those, it's probably, probably 15 bucks now for the bar fine. That means she's excused from the bar for that evening. If, if she leaves, she's not going to get fired. She can come back the next day. So the customer has to pay the 15 bucks. Okay, so he takes her to a hotel, might be a nice hotel, might be a shit hotel, might be the fucking Hilton might be a closet just like they're living in because he's a fucking slime cocksucker from somewhere came here with no money. And uh, he might fuck well, he might fuck badly. Very often. It's either an old guy that's going to be come and done in 100 seconds. Easy money. No condom. Because, uh, you know, what the fuck. If she gets pregnant from a phalang, you know, that's kind of a badge of honor. She's got a half-white baby. That's a, that's a cool thing to have. And the, and the guy will probably send her money, you know, also. No condom. Disease? Uh, I don't know. We heard about that. I don't know what that means, really. I don't, I don't, uh, no, I, no, no condom. That's okay. Um, I would say somewhere around 98, 99% of the girls have sex, no condom. Um, anyway, so this guy either fucks her for 90, 100 seconds and he's done and he pays her and she slips out the door, gone, gets back to the bar. Maybe she's only been gone 45 minutes, back to the bar, gets a motorbike taxi, back to the bar. And the, and the girls are, oh, congratulations. You know, now you're one of us. Now you're a real bar girl. You got 50 fucking dollars for, for how long did that take? Two minutes, you know? Okay, so that's one way. Or the other way is it's some um, horny goddamn piece of goddamn fucking horned dog XX packed goddamn fucking shit, and he fucks her half to death. Maybe up the ass. Maybe in every possible way you can imagine. Maybe he hurts her. I know some that ended up in the hospital for being hurt. One of them specifically for being fucked up the ass. And she screamed for him to stop, and he wouldn't. And he put her in the hospital, and he ran away. She was a friend of mine, and I looked for him. I looked for him. She told him. She saw him afterwards. She told him, 
I was going to kill him when he ran, he left town. Because I thought if I could find the place, I would. And uh, so that's one of two things that's going to happen. In very few rare cases, you know, the guy will be some kind of a caring, gentle guy and they'll have a nice time. And uh, Thai girls don't orgasm very much, or if they do, they're so shy about it, you'll never know. <laughs> very seldom will you get one that's upfront about that part of it. So the guy's not going to get a very good piece of ass. Oh, God, they're stunning. They're beautiful. Oh, I considered them to be almost tied with Vietnamese girls for beauty. Um, but they're pretty bad in bed. Almost all of them. I would say 90% are bad in bed. 90%. Not bad. They're, we used to call them starfish. Just a starfish. Just lay there. When you're done, you're, you're done. Can I go now? Yeah, okay. Where's my money? All right, here you go. Okay. Bye-bye. Pretty rare that she gets one that's caring and loving and nice and gentle and attentive and makes her have a nice time. Pretty rare. Most of them are either too old to be fucking in the first place or they're just stinky, greasy, fucking nasty, slobbery. Slobs. Most of them. So if she got one of those, you know, she'll go back to the bar and she'll cry. I mean, one of the bad ones, one of the rough ones. One of the rough demeaning ones. You know, they like to slap them around and they like to say, insult them. Because what they're doing is they're, you know, they spent their whole lives in, in the U.S. or the Western country and couldn't get a girlfriend or whatever. And so now with these girls down there, they're taking it out on them. You know, you dirty fucking whore. You're, you're a fucking whore. I hate whores. Um, you're going to pay for all those girls who, you know, when I asked them out stupidly, they said no. You're going to fucking pay for this now, bitch. You're going to pay for the whole female race. So she goes back to the bar and cries. And the other, girl, the other girls are like, well, you know, that doesn't happen very often. It's okay. You got your 50 bucks, right? Oh, you can send that money home. Oh, they're going to be so happy, you know. And so she sits around for another day or two, maybe doesn't go talk to too many customers for the next day or two. And then, you know, the money she sent back to Eson, well, they went out and bought some rice, but now they need uh, some fish. You know, now the money's gone. They, they want some fish to go with the rice. Well, God, I don't know. I guess I can do it one time. Okay. After a week, one week, if she's still in the bar, still fucking for money, she's lost. She's lost to any decent guy for ever. That was our rule of thumb. I know a lot of guys who uh, wanted to meet a nice girl. Um, and you can't meet too many nice girls in Thailand. It's hard. And so they would go from bar to bar to bar and they would make a standing offer to every mama on it. And they would tell the mama-san, look, <clears throat> if you get a girl comes in here and it's going to be her first day and you know it's her first day and she's never gone with a single customer, I'll give you 5,000, 10,000 baht, you know, 300 bucks. And uh, you call me 
I'll come and get it right then. And I'll take care of her. A lot of guys do that. Those, maybe, I've seen a, a few of those kind of sort of work out. Maybe not indefinitely, but maybe for a few years. Because that thought is still in the back of her mind. Um, that wall has still been chipped at the first time she made a decision to come to that bar. Maybe she didn't take any customers, but she still went to that bar. She made that decision to go to that bar. So that part of the wall is broken down a little bit. And it doesn't take much. You know, her life starts going shitty. She wants more money. Guy's not giving her as much money as she wants. He's getting old. Um, maybe she's mad at him. <clears throat> Had a big fight. Maybe they haven't been getting along for a while because she's been acting irrationally. And she starts thinking, you know, I could always go do that. And she's got guys hitting on her all day in those tourist towns. Expats are insatiable fucking pricks. I've seen guys get off the bus in these tourist towns. Get off the fucking bus. They still got their suitcase. And they start walking down the street towards some hotel. Every single female they see, they walk over to him. Do you have a boyfriend? You want to be my girlfriend? Some of them say, yeah. So every girl there, even if they're ugly, they're going to get hit on. I don't know how many times per minute if they're out in the middle of town. Um, I had a girlfriend for a long time. Well, I had several of them that were good girls, and they were with me. And every time a guy hit on them, they fucking put them down, threatened to hurt them. And the guys don't care. There's another one 20 feet away. They just walk over to them. You know. So anyway, this girl maybe is fighting, fighting with her boyfriend a little bit. And uh, she's getting hit on every minute. So part of that wall is already knocked down. And it doesn't take that much to chip it away a little more. So guys saying, uh, hey, hey, baby. Oh, God, you're so, you're so hot. Oh, my God. And this guy looks pretty good. He's clean. He smells good. He's younger than her fucking piece of shit boyfriend slash husband thing who hasn't been very nice to her for quite a while. And um, she can always use extra cash. You know, her boyfriend's giving her, giving her some allowance, you know. But 50 bucks more, what the hell, for a couple hours, be a nice time. she get a nice meal. And this guy's pretty, pretty nice looking, you know, compared to her fucking buffalo guy. And sooner or later, she'll just say, okay. She'll go a couple hours. Boyfriend never knows. And then you think, God damn, this worked out okay. I had fun. Guy made me come three fucking times. Boyfriend can't do that. I'm tired of him. He's an asshole. So she'll do it again and again and again. And eventually, sooner or later, she's going to get caught. And then it's a big blow up. And uh, a lot of these guys, a lot of the older phalanx, uh, Something like that, they just go out to the balcony and step off. Lots of them go off their balconies because they're, they're beautiful, love-of-their-life Thai girls or Southeast Asia girls. Never had a real girlfriend before, never had a beautiful girlfriend before. And then one of them does that to them and it's like, okay, 
I'm going to die pretty soon anyway. I got this problem, this medical problem, that medical problem. I, you know, I haven't got that much longer anyway. Fuck it. I, I remember how hard it was to find this one good one. I'm not going through that again. I, I don't have the time for it. I don't have the heart for it. I you know, the energy for it. I've done it. I've just done it. My heart's so broken. Just go off the balcony. 28 floors, whatever. I would say, how often does that happen? Well, in the one in the one city I spent a lot of time in, I would say once a week. Once a week that I heard of. I didn't look at the news every day. Probably once a week. Bangkok, probably a lot more. Maybe 10 times more, I don't know. And then uh, the girl comes in and cleans out everything. Just disappears. When that money runs out, she goes work in a bar. You know, I'd, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to impress upon you how careful you have to be. And what may very well await you down the path of quote unquote messing with girls. I remember when I was learning to fly, there was a, my, my Bible was a Stick and Rudder. I can't remember the author's name, Stick and Rudder. Best flying book there ever was. And they had a chapter in there called Diving on Girls' Houses. And the uh, big bold letters said, don't do it because <laughs> bad shit's going to happen. Okay. Um, guys can't help but try to mess around with Southeast Asian girls. They can't help it. I can't help it. Nobody can help it. You can't. You can't live without water. You can't live without food. You can't live without Southeast Asian girls. You know, it's, it's a fucking brain disease. It's a sickness. <laughs> but if I had magical powers, and if I thought anybody would listen to me, I would take my little magic wand and I'd go kaboing on top of your head. And I'd say, you know, don't dive on girls' houses, number one. And number two, don't mess with Southeast Asian girls, just don't fucking do it. You're gonna, I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but you're gonna. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you how badly it's likely to turn out. So when it does turn out that badly, you're, maybe you'll be a little less shocked than you normally would. And maybe, maybe you won't go off the balcony, you know. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna tell you a million stories as we go. Okay, so you're in your hotel in Bangkok. You go to a bar. Because uh, you listen to me about dating apps. And you think, oh no, this way lies madness. I'm going to the bar. So you go to the bar. <laughs> and you've got a situation that's even worse. Okay, so how do you find a good Thai girl? You gotta have help. You can't do it on your own. You gotta have help. Probably, I've used this in the past, probably from an older Thai lady who is streetwise, maybe an older Thai mama-san. And I've paid him in the past to find me nice ones. And, and those ones didn't work out for whatever reason, you know, incompatible for this reason or that reason, just like a Western girl, whatever. But it didn't have anything to do with them being scammers or prostitutes or anything else. So it's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do, but you're going to, if you're male, you're going to want a girl unless you're gay and you're going to want a guy. You got the same fucking problem. Okay. So you're in your hotel. You can't go online. 
can't go to the bar. What the hell are you going to do? Well, if you, if you're going to go to the bar, don't talk to the bar girls. Talk, find a mama son who might possibly be honest. Most of them aren't. You're going to say, man, I'm looking for a nice girl. I'll pay you. And they're going to say, hey, look, look at, look at uh, Mabel over there. She's nice. No, she's the biggest fucking nasty drunken slut in there. But the mama son wants her cut, so she's just going to come up with any girl. But some older ladies understand this, and they do care. There are a few other ways to look for quote-unquote nice girls in Southeast Asia. In the Philippines, you go to church. That's no guarantee, but it sure as hell helps. You go to church. Find somebody to go to church with you. You go to some church activities. You'll find a nice girl. There are some more ways, too. So, you're sitting there in that hotel. You're bored out of your mind. And that's where I'm going to leave you for this one. <laughs> and the next one, we're going to start talking about, okay, get the fuck out of that hotel. Because that ain't no life. <laughs> All right. Way over our time, as always. All right. Thank you very much. And good evening and good night.